Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I have dry balls. Balls so dry. They explode like dust. Suck my balls, suck my balls. You must suck my golf balls. Mommy? Yes? Suck my balls. You got a lot of growing up to do, buddy. Suck my balls. Sorry, I'm different, but you can just suck my clit and my balls. You know what? You know what? That's what. <laughs> suck my clit and balls. I don't have to suck your balls. Before this day is over, you will suck my balls. Suck my balls, fat ass. I will. I will suck your balls, cow. And I will get down on my knee, and I will suck your balls. I'll suck them drag, cow. Suck my balls, cow. Well, excuse my French, Mrs. Marsh, but you can suck my fat, hairy balls. Suck my big balls in your hairy butt holes. Suck my big balls in your hairy butt holes. Suck my big balls in your hairy butt holes. What is that? It's my balls! God damn it, Carmen! How would you like to suck my balls? What did you say? I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Actually, what I said was... How would you like to suck my balls, Mr. Carson? Holy shit, dude. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another edition of Check Mabas right here on so many fucking networks. We're on uh, Apple, Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, I think probably now, Google Play, Breaker. Of course, we are sponsored by RatSellerReview.com, HackerHumming.Podbean.com, and VoicesOfMisery.Podbean.com. I'm your host of the most who lives on the West Coast, your boy, MSG each and every week. I'm joined by my co-host Scoop Jackson, but Scoop is not here with me this week. Unfortunately, Scoop is taking care of some family affairs. Also, his grandfather's 90th birthday, so he's doing the family thing this weekend. But I am not alone because it would be kind of weird if I just sat here and talked South Park and laughed about it to myself. Last week, I was a guest co-host on the Hitting the Marks Tech Podcast Network. Hitting the Marks Tech podcast network itself but the hitting the marks tech podcast which you can check that on hittingthemarks.com uh i was a guest co-host to talk about south park video games so it's only fitting i figured hey why not bring that guy on over to this side of the aisle mr which i'm gonna effectually start calling you dirty joe welcome to the suck my boss podcast hey what's going on brother like you had mentioned i'm a host of htm tech over on the hitting the marks podcast network as well as one half of turnbuckle talk over there as well we do a lot of uh pro wrestling talk as you can imagine over there so good to be here man good to be here yeah definitely well we're definitely gonna dive right in here guys ladies and gentlemen to the um the episode before we do though something i wanted to get started with i, I didn't even mention this before we started uh recording today joe did you see the controversy with the tweets from dana schwartz that was on twitter over the last couple days with south park I have not. Please inform me. Oh, my gosh. Awesome. Okay. So for those of you who are unaware, and I had to research this myself, because if you don't know who Dana Schwartz is, then you just don't know who she is. Uh, She (laughs) is uh, an American journalist. Uh, You know, she's also, uh, I guess, a professor. 
But more, I guess, notoriety, more notably speaking, she is the one of the writers for the new Disney Plus show, She-Hulk. Um, so she put out a tweet that basically said, uh, in retrospect, it seems impossible to overstate the cultural damage done by South Park. The show that portrayed earnest and only sin and taught that mockery is the ultimate inoculation against all criticism. And then a follow-up, she added, smugness is not the same as intelligence. Provocation just isn't the same as bravery. The lesser of two evils aren't the same. It seems like South Park has been trying to reckon with this. I admit I, I haven't been watching the show in recent seasons, but I'm fascinated to see the South Park ah, creators. There you go. Right, I'm fascinated to see the South Park creators apologizing. She's, I guess, she was made clear about the man bear pig stuff. To be clear, I don't blame the show itself as much as I do the generation of boys who internalized it into their own personalities, which maybe isn't the show's fault. So she contradicts herself there in that last statement by inevitably pointing out the fact that it's not a South Park's fault. Right there and then. Uh, and B, she's also generalizing self or making an overgeneralized statement and saying that people are taking this show to heart as if there are just mini little Cartmans now in everyday facets of our lives. I'm not saying those assholes aren't out there, but like to the extent of which she has overdramatized the, uh, I guess you'd say the cultural phenomenon that is South Park, I think is highly fabricated. What do you think? <laughs> Well, you know what? My reaction can be probably summed up by three words, and it just happens to be the name of your episode, sir. Suck my balls. Um, for those of you who don't follow us on Twitter at Suck My Balls Pod on Twitter, uh, I highly encourage you to do so. Uh, I do not necessarily tweet from there in a um, provocative sense or an opinionated fashion. I more or less go on there, guys, just to post the links to the show, maybe make a quick South Park joke. Yada, yada, yada. I've given full control to Ian. So Ian came at this Dana Schwartz pretty hard. And he got some he got some blue checkmark people to to sell for him. So I give him props because they replied to him. And so, uh, but go over there and check that out. I did tweet one thing to her because I had to. And I'm at, and I put up the Tegrity Farms gif with Randy holding the weed talking to uh, Butter's dad. Hey, oh, fuck you. <laughs> so <laughs> fuck you. that was my only response. But Ian... He went off at some of these people, so he was hot. And I know he was going to talk about it today here on this podcast. Wanted to bring that up. If you think we're wrong or if you disagree and you think South Park has, I don't know, uh, infested the mind of young adolescent kids and teenagers in the late 90s to early 2000s and even making the argument to the 2010s, the tween waves, uh, hit us up, suck my balls on Twitter, suck my balls pod, or suck my balls or South Park pod on Facebook. Um, Personally... I don't know if I'm going to go see this movie now or see this. I was, I don't know if I'm going to watch this show. She Hulk. Now, if yeah. you're going to come out, my boys are yeah. going to come to Matt Stone and Trey Parker at South park. You're going to get, you're going to get clapped back on. And they did like a lot of people, thousands of tweets came back and were like, you are like morally ignorant. You are absurdly, uh, in inaccurate in your, you know, assessment here and what you're trying to make. Um, and then of course the people made the argument, if, Kids grew up to be this way, like characters in the show. That's more of a, uh, you seem to say, a reflection upon society or the parent parental upbringing in which they were in versus being on an actual TV show, which is mocking society itself, right? So, like, there's so many hypocritical notions in her thought that believe that a cartoon show that just makes fun of everything is corrupting society. So, I don't know. 
Go watch the She-Hulk, though, guys. It's on Disney+. Plus. Yes. It'll yeah. be there. Starting off hot. All right, guys. So now we're going to get into Starvin' Marvin, season yep. one of the eighth episode of the first season of South Park. It was uh, debuted on November the 19th, 1997. It was actually the first ever Thanksgiving episode as well. Um, it was also uh, based upon uh, African charities. So I guess uh, in this episode, you got Matt Stone, Trey Parker taking a shot at the fact that there's all these paid programming contents. And still to this day, which is still relevant, or you've got different people coming on and, you know, well, they, now they do it with pets. Yeah. Or, or as Jargo will point out to you, they do it a lot with the St. Jude's Hospital and the Shriner stuff. And yep. once he pointed out to me as somebody who's a master control operator, I went, Oh crap! There is a lot of those commercials on on there, aren't there? Huh. So it's it's interesting that there's a lot of uh, capitalistic nature in trying to, uh, I guess, monetize people's emotions, right? Rather than trying to like make it, sh- trying to like, you know, if you came on the TV and showed me the positive things that you're doing with my money, I actually might be more hey. inept to like donate because I'd be like, oh, okay, cool, it's going to something. See, I remember being, uh, I, my, keep in mind, folks, I, I'm in Canada, so just picture me with the, the two flapping bulls talking Canadian here. Uh, I remember being uh, back in public school. And there was... Got beady little eyes, guys. Did you right. make, can you make a beady little eyes avatar for me so I can put I'm it like, on the cover? Yeah. We'll, see, we'll see. All right. Um, I even changed my Facebook profile picture to a little South Park version of Big Joe. But um, anyways, like I was saying, uh, in public school here in Canada, we uh, they did the whole UNICEF thing. And so basically they would give us kids this little box and then we go door to door and go, could you please, you know, uh, give us some money to help starving kids in Africa? And, and I mean, I, obviously I wasn't very good. I wasn't a very good pitch man or salesman back in the day. And uh, my box would usually be empty. So uh, starving kids in Africa were crying because of me. So That's unfortunate, Joe. You, you, yeah. you didn't even do your part. You didn't like. I couldn't do well. I couldn't even sell chocolate. I couldn't. You didn't walk up to people and say things like, uh, hey, uh, if you don't donate today, yeah. somebody's going to die. And then if they don't donate, you didn't like respond with, okay, nope. we'll enjoy your steak tonight while little Bubba Magoo has to sleep in dirt because right? you couldn't even yeah. give fucking 50 cents. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think, you know, 10 year old me didn't that's quite American. know that's the American. impact that it was killing people over there. So that's American. You know, I guess that's us, right? Yeah. But you, you know what? Uh, Dane Cook once said it best in one of his early jokes that, like, if they came out on the TV and yelled at Americans to donate, we would probably do it. Mm-hmm. You know, like, hey, the fuck off the couch. You can't yeah. donate 10 cents. What the fuck is wrong with you? Like, you Whereas in I mean? Canada, I think we have to be more kind of guilted into it. Is That's what force is? is kind of guilted into it. Otherwise, because we're, we're too nice, right? So we have to kind of made to feel kind of bad for it first before we'll uh, kind of give in. <laughs> well, I mean, I think that's a, a human humanism by nature, right? Where yes, yeah. You prey on our emotions. Like, I mean, I watch freaking like master show i was watching uh, 24 hours the gordon ramsay show the other night and like i was tearing up a little bit and i was like man and it wasn't even gordon ramsay it was preying on the emotions of humanism and then they kick you in with the music and music always gets me like yeah. his show is really good at picking music that makes mm-hmm. you cry the only thing Speaking- better i think would be the uh the sarah mclaughlin uh with the, with the pets yeah I mean, that just tugs at the Later heart. On. Don't watch this. Don't watch this. We got to shut it off. Right. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good one. Uh, so, but yes, in this episode, Cartman, Kenny, Kyle, and Stan send money to an African charity hoping to get a sports watch, a Tanko sports watch, but are instead sent a Ethiopian child whom they dubbed Starvin Marvin. 
Um, in this episode, Cartman himself ends up getting uh, sent over to Africa where he exposes Sally Struthers and her uh, collective of food. And Chef rallies the residents to fight back against the terrorizing turkeys in this parody. So uh, overall, the episode was, uh, of course, written and directed of them by the Parker and Stone guys. South Park first ever themed Thanksgiving episode. Um, it you know it received general positive reviews uh, according to Nielsen Media Research, which I checked out. It looks like here it got about two point two to two point four million viewers at the time, um, which was roughly eight times Comedy Central's average viewership. So I think probably a couple things had to do with it. This is what back in ninety seven. So there wasn't a lot of Thanksgiving themed episodes on television going at that time. You also have a lot more people home for the holidays, and then you've got South Park fans. So people are showing it. Hey, we got to check this out. Um, did you, I mean, you're, I know you're not like a young guy. So did you watch this at, at the time it was on, or have you ever watched this over the years as maybe a Thanksgiving episode itself? Yeah, I guess uh, officially as the old fuck uh, here, I am uh, actually coming up on 40 actually ah, in the right, summer. Right. I'm going to be 40 years old, dude. And, uh, yep. I remember I didn't get to see this episode live as it kind of happened, but I mean, at this point, eight episodes in with that kind of viewership, I think most shows are pretty jealous of that. I mean, they, they were doing well very early on. Uh, this this caught on pretty quick. And at that time, I remember I would have been 17 years old at the time and it started picking up steam pretty quick. People were like, dude, you got to watch South Park. I was uh, nine at the time. So I didn't watch this live. Uh, <laughs> I, have- I, I, no, no, I, I probably saw this a couple years later. Like I got to see South Park, Probably around 99, 2000 is when I started yeah. watching it. Um, when I finally, I think because I, I got a cable box in my room and we had a DVR. So I would quickly record it at night, watch it, and then delete it. You know what I'm saying? So you don't get caught. Uh-huh. Once yeah. I turned 16, though, my parents kind of just let the reins off a little bit. They were like, You're doing good in school. As long as you're home by a good time, you can do whatever you want. Don't get in trouble. <laughs> I was like, Oh, okay. This still would have been around the time where we were still recording stuff on VHS tapes. And then watching it back, you know, it's not like now, you know, where you're, you're come through the internet and I mean, you can record and watch and kind of do whatever you want uh, back then. I mean, you, you couldn't do that. You just had to set it, set it and record it. You couldn't watch it at the time. You just had to let it kind of do its thing. And then, you know, you'd watch the tape and too many times and then the tape would get too tight and it would break. It was a pain in the ass then doing that stuff. It was. And, and TiVo wasn't as widely distributed to people I, at the time. And it was really expensive. Like the TiVo boxes, you were paying like upwards of six hundred to a thousand dollars, but you were getting like this lifetime membership because like my uncle still has TiVo to Mm -hmm. this day because of that initial lifetime investment he made within the company. Um, But like I remember back then when I go over to his house, probably like you know late ninety nine, early two thousand, and having that TiVo box, and I'd be like, "What? Like you can fast forward through things? Like because yeah, we were so used to you know coming home from school and recording that episode of the Power Rangers, so you could save it for a later time." See, my big thing uh, recording on the the taste bath thing would have been wrestling, of course. You know, taping uh, Monday Night Raw. Tape in South Park yep. and uh, Seinfeld is another one too. I mean, to this day, I mean, I've got Kramer right behind me here, so I'm uh, still a fan of that as well. So, yeah, my friend would record WCW, so like we would watch yeah. Raw. Yeah, we would, he would watch. He would record Nitro, so we would watch Raw live at his house on Mondays, and then the Tuesdays when we get off school, we'd watch WCW Nitro. So, you know, your kids, it was hard to f- flip back and forth. Your parents don't, or you're gonna look at you weird. What are you doing over there? <laughs> <laughs> why, do you, why do you keep changing the channel? Pick a channel. Um, 
Sally Struthers was made fun of in this episode, and she was oh. deeply offended by her portrayal. In addition, <laughs> uh, Starver Marvin has definitely become a, I would say, a, a cult character of, of South Park itself. If you think about the early episodes itself, okay. uh, they highly monetized him. If you, as far as from a a character standpoint, I'm surprised I don't have a South Park Funko Pop. Are we never got a? It probably has something to do with the fact they don't want to monetize an Ethiopian child, which I, <laughs> I give them credit for at least not going that far. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, there's never really been other than like towels and T-shirts and stuff like that. Maybe a couple yeah. keychains back then. There hasn't been really a lot of collectibles in that regard. Um, See, where but, they might have got around it with that was when they, they, they called them Ethernopians. Ethernopians. Maybe so. kind of slightly changing the word. Uh, maybe that's how they were able to get around that. Uh, I mean, true, true. I mean, that, that's definitely, I guess, one. They definitely pushed the envelope by adding a couple of vowels and syllables to the, yeah. just the words to get away with stuff, right? Uh, so this this episode starts off with um, they're watching television, right? This is a the Terrence and uh, Philip Thanksgiving special. Comically, throughout the episode, there's all these different parts. Part one, part two, part sixteen <laughs> of the Terrence and Philip Thanksgiving special <laughs> now back on. Yeah, buddy. Um, so Terrence and Philip, do you know anybody that's like a Terrence and Philip? Are there real people like Terrence and Philip comedy characters? Is there, uh, is there something I don't know about the, from a Canadian perspective, I should be included in it. Are there a par- pair of farting Canadian comedians in Canada? Yeah, yeah. Uh, not that I'm aware of. Um, yeah. if, if that's the case, uh, they've flown below the radar and uh, I'm not aware of their existence. God damn it. Well, if there are any Canadians that end up listening to this episode, please start that up. Maybe, you know. Do some live action parody shows. Yeah. And by the way, you know, just a, a nitpick. I mean, if they want to be really Canadian, it's not guy. Here in Canada, we pronounce it gee, just saying. But... Oh, gee. Yeah. Guy. Yeah. Got... Sorry. Yeah. Sorry, gee. French Canadian way to say it's gee. Gee? Hey, gee. Hey, gee. It doesn't sound quite as good when you say it, though. <laughs> it doesn't sound good, quite as good when I say it because I'm American. No, just say when you say God, when it says, when it, like if they would have flipped it the other way, it wouldn't have sounded, I don't think it, comedically, it sounds better with guy. Oh, I get what you're saying. Okay. Okay. Hey, guy. Yeah. All right. So uh, they're both watching. The boys are watching the show. Leanne asks if the boys want some cheesy poofs. You know, Cartman. Get out of the way, man. Uh, Leanne says, sure. Sure, hon. Uh, Cartman says, yes, we want cheesy poofs. Uh, you hear in the background on television, Philip saying, hey, Terry, it's looked like this might be a good place to start a new colony. Taryn says it sure does, Philip. Now, one, no one will oppress our religion. So yeah, they're, of course, parodying the American uh, uh, pilgrims and Indians excavation here. Uh, they end up, of course, uh, farting back and forth. Um, Philip uh, says, you stained my pilgrim hat butt pipe. Uh, Cartman says, you guys see that? That was sweet. TV announcer says, coming up next on the Terrence and Philip special, Philip farts on Terrence and laughs. <laughs> and the boys are like, oh, cool. And now a word from our sponsor. This is where we get the introduction of basically storyline A. Here in the heart of Africa, children are dying, not from disease or war, but from hunger. I'm Sally Struthers. These children are in desperate need, and only you can help. Hey, who's that bad chick? Sally Struthers, dude. She used to be on Full House. Sally Struthers, dude. She used to be on Full House. Now, I looked this up. Who was she on Full House? Um... See, the information I got was that she was on All in the Family. She was, uh, she was, she was the, the kid of Archie and Edith Bunker on All in the Family. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Now, have you seen a, a recent picture of her? I did. She's old. Yeah. Uh, actually, uh, as we're recording, I just sent you one live here if you wanted to be horrified and see what she actually <laughs> looks like now. Oh, my God. Yeah. There you go. 
<laughs> Doing this live, folks. That's yeah. that's pretty. Uh, oh, she was also on Gilmore Girls, huh? Um, um yeah, I never pre- watched. Can say from experience. That's, that was according to your picture. Oh, that's pretty scary. Um, that's pretty yeah. accurately depicted there. And if she wasn't looking like that way back then, she they definitely nailed her now. Yep, they're um, good at foretelling the future. Twenty three years later. Oh, no doubt. Um, basically, Stan says uh, says she doesn't look like she's having any trouble finding food. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Kyle says, yeah, she's fatter than Cartman. Cartman initially agrees, yeah. Yeah, yeah. pirate, no, ass rammer. I love the names that they come up with, the, the kids going back and forth. Yeah, there's a lot of good uh, names that I used here in middle school uh-huh. that I took from this show. Um, Sally Struthers continues, for just $5 a month, you can sponsor a child. Cartman's like, that's stupid. Who the hell would want to do that? <laughs> and then as soon as they bring up the Taco Digital Sports Watch, everyone's like, oh, sweet, kick ass, woohoo. I'll go. I'll get my mom's credit card. Says Stan. Kyle's asking, you know, do they know if it's waterproof? And then as he gets on the phone, I forgot that initially, you know, in the early episodes, everyone kind of evenly argues with each other. Right? You know what I mean? Because like in the later episodes, Stan and Kyle more or less are on kind of like a a bromance now. Like they, they're bros, they're brothers. You know, they don't really hate each, make fun of each other as hard. But right here on this phone call, you know, Stan calls him a butt pirate. Kyle calls him an ass rammer. Uh, you know. They, <laughs> Cartman says, you know, what do we want? You know, when do we get the sports wash? Stan says, you know, just a second, you fat ass. And then Cartman says, you vase deference. And, uh, <laughs> <It's> <laughs> and Stan's like, hello. No, it's vase deference. And then, uh, and then Kenny muffles, dude, it's a pipe for your pee pee. And then Stan says, oh. Yeah. So for for those who don't who want me to explain it further, it's a tube that's located in the male anatomy that yeah. connects the testicles to the uh, urethra, or, or is that what it's called, or the opening of the, the the penis, and it's basically a muscle that when relaxes, it acts as the springboard that uh, ejaculates a male semen to get very grotesque and informative and medical there. Um, so it's, it's a training. It's biology, folks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So basically, normally this tube is, you know, not as contracted, right? It's just very uh, f- uh, flaccid, and then eventually it gets wound up or it gets stretched. So upon uh, ejaculation, it loses its tension, and that, of course, creates a uh, ricochet, and the Sperm is ejaculated. God, oh. I sound pretty goddamn smart oh, here. I'm like a biology professor. I know, bro. I'm fucking. I'm pretty good at pulling out bullshit on the top of my head. It's actually, one of my good, my fair tra- my fair traits in life. I'm like, yeah. And people are like, yeah, that, that that sounds right. No, I did read that, but like, I don't know if that was the the right terminology. Sperm um, tube. Sperm yeah. tube. It's the sperm yep. too. Uh, you know, they're asking if they're getting the sports watch right away. Cartman's saying I get to wear it first. Kyle says I can't wait to get out of school and get our watch after they're at Mr. Garrison's classroom, right? Um, Car- they're at- so Mr. Garrison says, children, children, to honor this special time of year, we'll be doing a canned food drive. Does anybody know what canned food drive is? Mr. Garrison says, yes, Eric. <laughs> Cartman says, when they cut up a chick's stomach to get a baby out? No, that's a cesarean section, Eric. But that's okay. Remember, there are no stupid questions, just stupid people. That is oh, a great line. Uh, it still holds up to this day, man. It does. I think about that all the time when I'm sometimes when I'm talking to people. We were like, just talking uh, about before we recorded. 
my God. Mr. Garrison explains that a canned food drive is when we collect canned food for uh, poor people. <laughs> He's just so blunt about it. It's when we collect canned food for poor people who can't afford to eat on Thanksgiving. And everybody's just like, yeah, you mean like candy? And Mr. Garrison's like, yeah, exactly. Cartman says, uh, Mr. Garrison, why do poor people always smell like sour milk? <laughs> And Mr. Oh, Garrison's like, I don't know, Eric. They just do. And Kyle actually sniffs Kenny at this point. Yes. That was a dick move. Oh, there's so many good lines in this episode, man. So many uh, good lines. For those wondering uh, what Cartman was, what, why he, why he's asking Kenny smells like that. Most likely he smells uh, of patchouli uh, <laughs> or of uh, bo, which yep. in that regard is a little sour. If you've ever and- smelled that. If you ever gone to a Grateful Dead show and they don't light any incense, it's uh, it's <laughs> pretty bad. Yeah, uh, we played this venue one time outside of uh, Tempe, and I don't even know if they're around anymore. I think I think they ended up getting bought out by corporate, you know, some corporate company or whatnot. Mm-hmm. But they were there for years, and it was this inside and outside bar and venue, and it was the first show I ever played at. I probably could look up and find the poster, uh, but unfortunately we played uh, i say unfortunately because we played following these people uh, it was at night so we are sh- we were the opening band so we showed up at seven and they were just finishing up their set from playing earlier in the day on a sunday afternoon so we didn't start playing till 8 30 but bro like that smell lingered for like 45 mm-hmm. minutes yeah. to a good hour of just nasty feet nasty sour milk I mean, have you ever encountered a group of hippies? Uh, the closest th- BO story that I would have would be uh, living when I was living in Toronto. And, well, I will say probably about 99% of I the I don't people... believe you. It's cold there. It doesn't <laughs> smell there. I'm just 99% kidding. 99% of the people that drive um, taxi in Toronto are of Middle Eastern descent. And oh. I don't don't know how long these taxi shifts are or how long these people go without bathing or showering. But, uh, oh, my God. Um, the odor is, uh, like it, it's <laughs> pretty stays. palpable. Yeah. It, it's, I think it, it, you get out of the car and the, the funk like travels with you after you leave the vehicle and uh, people are like, so you took a cab, eh? And like, yep. <laughs> so like, I know that for just like uh, my own, uh, personal experiences, like I grew up with a lot of different middle Eastern friends and stuff like that too. So there's a complete difference of like uh Indian food smell or walking into your friend's house of middle Eastern descent and smelling food than to somebody of middle Eastern descent, not bathing guys, two totally different things because oh, yeah. like I can walk in there might, like I might've walked into my friend's house a couple times when I was a kid and I might not have like liked what I smelled as far as food, but you knew that was food. You were like, yeah, I don't know. That doesn't that doesn't smell appetizing to me. <laughs> but like you're all, but you're not like, oh my god, oh, I want to like choke myself. Uh, so all I gotta ask you is just take a fucking shower. You know, take a shower or get some baby wipes. You know, if you're gonna be, that should be the first rule uh, that we're teaching people uh, who are maybe. I'm gonna. I, I, uh, here we go. Trigger discretion advised. First thing you need to teach immigrants when they arrive in America, baby wipes or deodorant. But more importantly, baby wipes, okay? Everybody needs to use baby wipes. That should be on the test for U.S. citizenship. That's just my opinion. Again, trigger discretion advised. Yes. Uh, So 
Mr. Garrison asks the children back to the episode uh, to bring in one can of food, and later the mayor of South Park will divide it up against Kenny's family. <laughs> 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 and other poor people. Uh, Cartman says, hey, uh, you guys, did you hear something? Uh, I think I hear the flower children calling. Um, <laughs> and this is because uh, he knew that uh, Wendy was going to be upset. As uh, Wendy says, don't you want to help those who uh, you know are less fortunate? After Cartman says, I'm not bringing in food for poor people. Screw them. <laughs> and then... Uh, then, then Cartman and Wendy uh, exchange back and forth in a uh, Dickens uh, dialogue, which uh, Garrison points out. Uh, and for those of you who haven't read, you know Dickens, it's uh, you know he's a very famous author. Yes. Uh, in this case, they were referencing uh, the uh, depression and struggle between the economic classes here, yeah. uh, uh, with Wendy taking the side of the. Uh, you know, humanistic humanism, humanism side. You know, people are dying. There's poor people on the street. And Cartman taking the more of the affinity of the business-like approach of, well, you know, if they die out, then that's just less people for the surplus population, uh, which I think is kind of relevant now. That's still an ongoing argument that people have as far as ide- ideals now. I mean, even in other countries, I try to tell this to my friends that are Americans and maybe don't like listen to other types of shows or even just like. If you listen to a basic truth-seeking style type of show, they'll talk about different things um, who aren't aware of other countries that where these things are still ongoing. Like, if you just look at the country of Israel, they don't want to let the Palestinians in. <laughs> and they're basically all talking about the same way of praising God, except one's Jewish and one's Palestinian. And they're kicking people out because of race. And color, they won't let people from Haiti and people from Africa and people from uh, other countries uh, from the Sudan come up and and Benghazi and all these other countries who are just trying to survive because of their own race and religion. They don't even know these people. So this systemic racism and all these things are still ongoing issues right now, even into the modern era. Um, yeah, absolutely. And you know, you still have people who are of the mindset that by. 2030, 2067, we're going to start to see a depopulation or that or we're going to start seeing people depopulate. I, I don't know how that's going to be done. Could be the coronavirus, which is out right now, um, you know, coming right. to a neighbor, coming yep. to a neighborhood near you. Uh, I'm just kidding. Knock on wood. <laughs> um, yep. But, yeah, it's really interesting that, uh, you know, even back in 1997, the relevancy of the context of what they were just parroting about a book that was written decades prior is still relevant now, even decades later. Everything holds up in South Park, man. It's crazy. Absolutely does. Yep. Uh, so turkeys. I don't know where they This is how they make it a Thanksgiving episode, guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, even really the rest of the episode has nothing to do really with Thanksgiving at all. <laughs> <laughs> it really doesn't. Yeah. No, they just make this a Thanksgiving episode by introducing a subplot with turkeys come in. They start attacking all the kids in the classroom. Um, you know, one of them rips up a Thanksgiving poster, takes it with them. Clyde's screaming after he turns his, over his desk, dumping Clyde onto the ground. Some others vandalize the blackboard. Just as suddenly as they enter, though, the turkeys then exit, closing the door behind them. <laughs> Mr. Garrison's like, well, you don't see that every day. Um now uh, we're back with Mary McDaniels, and uh, you know it, she says, you know, once we have all the canned foods collected, we'll need some clever way to distribute them to the poor. So she's sitting in her office with her aides, and when the second aide says, you know, it should be something festive, Mephesto busts through the door. And of course, for those who have listened uh, to our previous episodes here on Sick My Mouth, 
you know that we have uh, met Mephisto as he is the father of Terrence, um, which we learned about in uh, Chewy Chewy Job, Chewy Chewy Job, uh, that that episode of South Park. Um, so anyway, uh, Mephisto says, yes, I may have made a horrible stake. I was trying to genetically engineer turkeys for Thanksgiving. Mary McDaniels recognizes him as the insane genetic engineer from up on the hill. Um, Mephisto says, you know, to provide more food for the needy. Mephisto says, well, something went wrong. The turkeys broke free. And the worst part is they're really pissed off. So throughout this, of course, the mayor is, uh, I guess, but he's turning around and making fun of Mephisto using a cuckoo clock, you know, mimicking that he's a cuckoo in the head. Um, <laughs> basically not taking him seriously, uh, which True. is. Which is, I think, a derivative of, um, I think, most politicians now that people think of it as a way they don't take, they don't hold in high regard, right? They like people come to them with their problems and they just think they're crazy about the report that they're being told rather than at least trying to investigate it and taking the individual seriously. Somebody could bring you the most outlandish thing, but like if you respectfully like investigate it and then be like, Hey man, this is what I found. I took you serious. I tried. They're more apt to then accept the truth rather than be like, Oh yeah, you're fucking crazy. Oh, yeah. you're fucking wrong. That's why like, I like having conversations on both sides of the conspiracy thing and stuff like that. Cause like I want to make up my own decision and I want to hear what you have to say, but uh, unfortunately, politicians get bought out or they end up sitting up in their ivory tower for too long and they forget what it's like to be a normal Joe, a normal dirty Joe. Right. And the, the, always, the other funny thing, that when a, a politician again gets trapped into a corner when they get asked a question or they'll just start talking about something completely different. You know, you ask them, you'll hear them being asked about a certain thing and then they'll just go off on this weird tangent. And it's like, that's not even what the conversation was even about. It's like, what? Well, it's like how they explain it in the douche in the turd episode, right? You know, my opponent wouldn't even have an answer for you. My opponent is not even informed in on the situation of your question. My opponent, what he would end up doing is he would sit here and he would make a mockery and not try to answer the conversation all until exactly the time runs. Beep! Out. Right? <laughs> so, I mean, that's it, it's like um, that's definitely a form. Of, that's a sales tactic, too. Like, I, I've learned that as a salesman, right? It's uh, like you basically uh, you set aside so you almost ignore what the individual is saying and then try to purport your own thought in a sp specific direction and like navigate the conversation one way so uh, if i say to you you know do you like apples you'd be like apples are great but did you know oranges you know what i mean yeah. so like you're you're taking it in a different direction like without even acknowledging that uh, you, you you care about my thoughts so i'm just trying uh, to think now of the uh this is going way ahead in the episodes now with the giant douche and the turd sandwich. It's like, yeah, well, I may be a giant douche, but at least I'm not a turd sandwich. <laughs> Man. Uh, so Mephesto complains that somehow he, he doesn't believe that Mary's taking him seriously. Uh, and she says, oh, what would give you that reason? Uh, so we go back to Cartman's house. Kids burst through the front door asking, did it come? Did it come? You know. Uh, you know, asking his mom if it come the the new Taco Sports Watch. And it's so interesting as a kid, like you can get excited just for a Taco Sports Watch. Like what? Uh, even as a kid though, like I got watches, but I was never really like, oh yeah, I got a watch. Like, <laughs> what no. are you gonna do with the watch? Yeah, like, they weren't as cool then as they are now. <clears throat> even now, like I don't need like an Apple Watch. Like that just seems redundant. Why? Why do I need the same thing that I already have on my phone? Like, like I don't know. 
that to make me feel cool. Like if I was a kid in high school, Apple Watch, that probably would have been cool. Like because then I'd be I don't have my phone, I could put it away, but still play on my my watch, right? Totally get that. I have my Apple Watch charging just over there, by the way. <laughs> I could also like set up test <laughs> answers if I was a kid. Like, you know what I mean? You could program that shit to be like a scrolling background or yeah. a scrolling screensaver with different words and combinations. So like there's a lot of things you could have used that Apple Watch for as a kid. Uh, but a, a, just a regular watch that is waterproof and tells time and is maybe heat proof. Uh, <laughs> one thing before uh, we keep going, because I'm just looking through my notes, I, I think we might have missed something earlier on that. That was really great, unless, unless you're coming to it, uh, about who they said the first person on the moon was. Uh, it would have been right uh, before the, the kids were... Uh, before they they got their digital sports watch, when they actually stood the, the when they got Starver Marvin, uh, where basically they said uh, they were in the class, and Mr. Garrison's uh, like, uh, you know, the first person in the moon was Mr. Engelberg Humperdinck, who by the way has the best uh, name of all time for music. Oh, okay. I think maybe I, maybe but, I did miss maybe I missed the conversation. Did you see uh, when the turkeys attacked? Mm-hmm. I was going to get to this. Did you see the, the what it said on the backboard, the black the oh, blackboard in the background? Forget now. I just watched this too. So it says analogy equals comparison because I took a picture of it. Yeah. Uh, it says uh, trees are to bushes as buildings are to houses. That makes yeah. sense. Uh, <laughs> David Duchovny is to tampons <laughs> as nougat is to chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> makes sense, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> Oh man, so uh, I guess that was definitely a quick dig at David Duchovny before they even got to Sally Struthers. Right there in the background, they're like, "Fuck you, David Duchovny." Um, so <laughs> no, now they're wa- now, <laughs> now they're back in the house. They're like the kids are back in the house. They're watching uh, part two of the Terrence and Philip Thanksgiving special. I sure am cold, Philip. Yes, and hungry too. Being a pilgrim totally sucks ass. Gosh, I hope we don't starve. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Cause that's probably true. Like they were probably back in the day, like, why did we leave Europe? Uh it sucks ass. We were like inside eating all the food we wanted and being white and being great. Now we're in a new land where people are fighting us and we have nowhere to live and no food. And we're cold. That expression still holds up today. It sucks ass. Sucks ass. Being in uh being a pilgrim totally sucks ass, you think? Still to this day? <laughs> the, 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 the term sucks ass. I think you get tested. Anything and still goes today. So it's still say, I don't know a lot of pilgrims. Do you know some pilgrims? I've never met a pilgrim in real life. So, I mean, I know they're still Amish, right? That's probably the closest to the the pilgrim age, if you will. Them continuing on those values of family and security and community and working with your hands and working on the land and not turning to sexual deviances and praying to Christ. And to make reference to a later episode, which I'm sure you'll get to at some point, I'm just thinking, you know, the, the I think it, was, it may have been technically another Thanksgiving episode with uh, the whole uh, stuffing mines and um, yep. the idea of the the wormhole. I don't know if I want to give that away just yet because that is another example mm. of just things being no. totally absurd on this show. Mm. No. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Okay. <laughs> the boys laugh and then the doorbell rings a couple of knocks follow the boys stand stiff not knowing what to do until they all realize oh my god the digital sports watch is here so they run to the door open the door and with baggage in hand there's a uh, a man 
a emancipated an Ethiopian kid looking back at them. Carpetessa. <laughs> that's not a sports watch. Right? What the hell? And Stan says, dude, that's not a digital sports watch. <laughs> <laughs> and Kyle says, hey, it looks like it's one of those uh, Ethernopians. Ethernopians. And uh, Stan says, oh, man, they must have accidentally sent him instead of the sports watch. Kyle says, maybe they took it literally when we said we wanted to adopt a kid. <laughs> and then uh, Mar- Marvin does like some cl- uh, some clicks like that. And uh, Kyle says, whoa, that was cool. Stan says, yeah, how do you make those clicking sounds? You know, what's your name, dude? And then the <laughs> the, the Ethiopian clicks, you know, some more. And it ends with the like him saying Marvin. And then yeah. uh, Stan says, well, I think his name is Marvin. Yeah, Starvin Marvin, says Cartman. And then, uh, you know, they all say, nice to meet you, Starvin Marvin. <laughs> Kyle says, uh, Cartman goes, hey, man. Yes, hon? We found it. He's open. Can we keep him? Sure, hon. Sweet. Um, so uh, Stan says, dude, let's bring him to school tomorrow. So, you know, come on, Starvin Marvin. I want you to meet my little brother. You know, there's so another ball arguing like, you know, he's my adopted son, says Cartman. Stan says it was my mom's credit cards, yells Stan. And Kyle's like, oh, OK, we'll switch off. So now they're like making a schedule when they get to like, you know, take care of this adopted kid. But they all agree that, yeah, I never with Kenny because his family is too poor. <laughs> Kyle's like, totally. <laughs> Which oh, like man. that's fucked up because even Kenny poor is still first world in regards to. Easy and opium situation. Like yeah, they're out PSP at one point. Right. Like, but still, like, at least Kenny's got a bed, a half blanket, you know, he's got a, a window, yeah. he's got coverage at night, you know, he's got green beans and corn and you know, pop tarts. Like, so like they don't even have that, you know. Just... Have you ever have you ever met or heard anybody that talks in that language with the with the clicks in it? I have never met someone who did it in front of me. No. Uh, like, I know I've met Ethiopian people, but I'm not going to just be like, hey, do the clicks. Like, <laughs> like maybe if I got high with one or smoked with somebody, yeah. like if I had a really close friend who's from Ethiopia, I'd be like, yo, bro, yeah. yo, bro, speak in your native language. Like, I might say some shit like that, but like. I would never just walk right. up to a guy, you know, because I met a, I met a couple of them when I was out on tour, and they were really nice. Like they would, uh, a couple of them like own Seven Elevens and shit like that. And I would come in with all my reggae gear and the Rasta colored out, and they'd be like, "You listen to reggae? You play reggae?" And I'd be like, "Yeah, man." And they'd be like, "Yeah." So like they were really cool. Like, and we would talk about music and shit. But I wasn't gonna be like, but just before anything else, don't say anything. Just go. Because uh, while you, while you were saying that, I actually uh, on my phone I was uh, I, I did a quick Google search. I just uh, typed in what is the language with clicks, and it came back with a result. And I, I believe it's pronounced uh, cohesion cohesion or co, co- I think it's cohesion language. It's uh, like in the southwestern part of Africa is uh, where that's actually a dialect, and it's uh, quite prevalent in their in their it's language. Smart. If yeah. you think about it, like to speak in tonality yeah. versus verba- verbin, verbatim, because tonality, you can like convey anything. Like I've had this conversation over the years with many people. You can make anything sound angry or, you know, sexy. I could say, ooh, yeah. this, so- this soap feels good on the dishes. Like, you know what I mean? You could, or I could say, uh, you know, fuck you, I'm taking out the trash. Like, you know what I mean? So you, can, but with clicks, Man, you don't know what's going on. All you're doing is making clicks. You could even uh, speak without speaking. I mean, uh, 
take uh, this is maybe an obscure reference for some of you people, but take a look at Mr. Bean. Dude, dude, he can communicate without having to say a goddamn word. Yeah, it's definitely a form of sign language. Yeah. Um, go ahead. No, I'm sorry. What were you saying? Yeah, it's just a physical comedy getting the point across. That's exactly right. Yep. Okay. Um, so the uh, as far as the you know Kenny slugging Cartman after that after they made that remark. Now we're. <laughs> this is one of my probably one of my most uh, favorite uh, lines from this episode. And I probably use this a lot, like with when I'm fucking with people. Uh, so we got a couple who's at Stark's pond. Look how the leaves fall so delicately on the surface of the pond. It's so beautiful. Not as beautiful as you. Oh. Oh, darling, look, Thanksgiving turkeys. Oh, they're so beautiful. Not as beautiful as you. Look at the way they foam at the mouth, like beautiful sets of beer. Not as beautiful as... Uh, We cut now over to the all-you-can-eat buffet, and Cartman's... (sighs) This is such a bad scene. Uh, So... Stanza says, this is a great way for you to experience America, Starman Marvin. This is what we call an all-you-can-eat buffet. And Cartman says, yeah, here you get to eat all you want for only six ninety nine. That's why we all come here on Tuesday nights. Except for Kenny's family, because them six ninety nine to your income. <laughs> and then everybody laughs, so everybody's in on making fun of uh, Kenny's family at this point in time of the, uh, the series. Um, Cartman says, why is your family poor, Starvin Marvin? Is your dad an alcoholic, too? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. a, a waiter places, uh, you know, little uh, pieces of shrimp on in front of Cartman and Starvin Marvin. And Cartman says, you see, Starvin Marvin, th- these are what we call appetizers. And Marvin, you know, says the word appetizers. Uh, and then Cartman says, uh, this is what you eat before you eat to make you hungry. And, like, literally within seconds... Then a waiter approaches him with plates of ham, turkey, and drumsticks, and Cartman's like, well, food's here. That's here with the appetizers. Throws all the food away, yeah. which is definitely, like, it, this whole scene, as far as, like, uh, the break, taking and breaking it down, you know, you've got Cartman eventually trying, or taking away Starvin' Marvin's food, his pie, after Starvin' Marvin was just trying to get a piece of chicken. Stan yells at him, saying, like, you know, this is supposed to be the time of giving during Thanksgiving. And Cartman's like, yeah, you know, you're right. So he takes his food, takes Starvin' Marvin's. But this was definitely a shot as far as that American culture, like, from how we just consume, 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 and then we waste and waste without even, like, realizing that other people don't even have what we have. You know, they barely have anything. Yeah. This is one of those situations where I think when people look at this, they they look only at the comedy factor that's not kind of what's underlying and the, the actual kind of purpose of uh, that topic there. Cause like, like you said, that I mean, just that really shines a light on uh, Western culture and just how much, how wasteful we are compared to these countries that, you know, can't scrape two pieces of bread together for something to eat, you know? So it's um, yeah, that's one of those uh, things where yeah, South park, um, they make some good points and this is definitely one of those moments. Yeah, I mean, it, I mean, if you just as somebody who you know now I, I am working somewhere where I I enjoy where I'm working, but there was a, a good period of time where I did not enjoy the places I worked at. Uh, some of those included. Oh, look at this dude! Not to change that, but I made a, a reflection off the wall. Do you see I that? I haven't seen do, that. Yeah. Do, 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 do. Kind of freaking out. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Ah! 
Nobody's going to see this on the podcast anyway. Mm. Um, so, <laughs> uh, but like someone who's worked for like Safeway, you know, who's worked for grocery companies and stuff like that or food companies. There's a lot of, a lot of food waste that doesn't get donated. Now there are companies that do like, I will give, credit like company like while i don't agree with some of their food uh and how they project themselves to be quote unquote healthy their <laughs> their pastries and uh baking are fresh every day and that being panera and at the end of the night every night they do donate to local charities and stuff like that i've been there i've watched those people pick up the food so that's cool like that kind of shit uh, like i'm i support so yeah we get uh we see a lot of uh, just different people uh striving to get food and all this food is available but it's monetized in the Western Hemisphere so much to a point where, uh, you know, we're even given cards. Here's an allotted amount of food you can go get. Here's a lot of money on food stamps uh, to eat. Uh, it, it's sad that f- that food is that such of a commodity in this country. Where if you go down to the Southern Hemisphere, even just different cultures, like if anybody's right. ever like traveled to Mexico uh, or you know or South America, Brazil, or even in other countries itself, they will like be they will like I fucking hate you and I don't like you, but I I made you f- some food. Do you want some? Like <laughs> like food is just a natural like you know thing that people like try to come to agreements and share with each other and that is a lost art form in this country unfortunately at least in america i can't speak canada you know i don't know what your guys's food waste is up there we're just as bad i mean i worked at a place that literally at the end of the day the amount of food that would get thrown out i mean forget even donating to somebody it's like even just let your employees take it if you can but like you wouldn't believe Place I worked at the amount of food that would get wasted and just throw it into the garbage and down the drain at the end of the day. It was pretty sickening, to be honest with you. Yeah, it's sad. I really would like to see more companies just give it away. Like, I don't know why at the end of the night, anything that's made fresh, you just say, hey, if you want to come when we close, it's yours for free or at a reduced price. And I guarantee you, people will buy it or they'll take it for free because – it's they'll give it to, they'll give it to somebody who needs it or they'll use they they need it if you show up at a store at two o'clock in the fucking morning waiting yeah. for a store to close to get something to eat you're fucking hungry right yeah. so like why i don't understand it doesn't make sense you take it so it's just something we just it's just we take for granted uh in north america food is just one of those things that just always seems kind of to be there and there's other places where it's just definitely not the case yeah and it's uh, definitely mm-hmm. wasteful in this scene for sure. So mm-hmm. as we mentioned, uh, you know, Cartman wastes the scene. We go back now to the classroom. Uh, so they're reviewing the canned food uh, drive here. Garrison says, you know, I'm a little disappointed in your Thanksgiving spirit. Only a few cans have been donated to our canned food drive. And can't we do a little better than creamed corn, uh, creamed corn and cream corn? Please bring in more diverse food, children, or else Kenny's family is going to have a pretty corny Thanksgiving. <laughs> corny, gravy, corny Thanksgiving. <laughs> and he says it so nonchalantly, and then he realizes what yeah. he says. He it, yeah. Corny, pretty, pretty, pretty corny gravy Thanksgiving. <laughs> After compo- after composing himself, he says, anyway, children, I understand a few of you have brought in something special for show and tell. So Stan, Cartman, Kyle, and Kenny all raise their hand excitedly. You know, they bring they get up in front of the classroom and show them they brought over Starvin' Marvin. Starvin' Marvin, of course, you know, trying to get food is reaching into the box, trying to get some of these cre- cans of cream corn. Cartman says, you know, no Starvin' Marvin, that's Kenny's cream corn. 
Car- uh, Mr. Garrison says, boys, what the hell are you doing? This is horribly, horribly wrong. How did you get this child? Stan's like, he was accidentally delivered to us instead of the sports watch. <laughs> Mr. Garrison says, the sports watch from the commercial? And Kyle's like, yeah, that one. And all of a sudden you hear Bebe say, I want to start him, Marvin. And Clyde says, me too. And then fucking Pip. Fuck Pip. And <laughs> Ian's not here, so I can't get on him for this, for this motherfucker. But Pip, I'll pay $50 for one. This motherfucker, you know, just always throwing out 50 bucks, but can't even afford to buy himself his own bullshit. Fuck you, Pip. Uh, so the class says, yeah, I want one too. Yeah, me, me, me. You know, Gar- Mr. Garrison says, boys, you're too young to take care of the child. I'm afraid I'm going to have to call the Red Cross, cross and have him returned. And uh, Kyle's like, I see, I told you, dude, we shouldn't have brought him to school, which is <laughs> obvious. Yeah. In the first place. And if they did in the next scene, what they really should have said was this, Cartman should have just told uh, Prince of Victoria that he asked his mom if they could keep him. And she said, yeah. So like, I don't. I don't understand. So anyway, dude, now they're in Principal Victoria's office. Dude, this would have been one of those moments where I almost wish that uh, Butters wouldn't have been around in these early episodes because he would have been that that sympathetic kind of uh, voice. He would have tried to do something nice for him uh, in that situation. Right. He would have been he would have been hanging out with yeah. with Starvin Marvin. Yeah. Uh, Principal Victoria says, okay, thank you very much. Yes, you can pick him up tonight. Bye now. Uh, so she hangs up the phone and addresses the boys. That's my best Minnesota accent. Yep. Uh, says, uh, now, boys, I hope you learned your lesson. And uh, Stan says, uh, no, uh, <laughs> <straight up>, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> Prince of Victoria is like, uh, you can't care for this child. Kyle's like, uh, but I thought this was Thanksgiving. We're supposed to, you know, care on Thanksgiving, mm. which is great. Like Kyle calling out on her bullshit. Wait, yep. I thought this is Thanksgiving. Uh, make as sense. A, and as a kid, you know, like while that's it's interesting point to make as a child there's an innocence factor to it right it's very there's a very simplified thought process this person needs food this person needs a place to stay why can't you take care of him principal victoria why can't he stay uh you know stands like so why can't he live here now and principal victoria is like you know he didn't grow up in a normal place like south park you know uh you're just supposed to send money in once in a while and they write you a letter and prince and victoria's like well why can't he live here now because he can't and kyle's like (laughs) because why and Prince of Victoria is like, because eight-year-olds can't be parents. And Kyle's like, well, then you take care of them. <laughs> and she says, uh, I can't. I'm I'm very busy. I send my $5 a month. And then she shows the, the Takeo sports watch. And uh, Stan says, this sucks. Starving Marvin is her friend. And Cartman says, oh, well, back to the poor country with you. And uh, Kyle says, you better watch out what you say, Cartman. You might be poor and hungry someday. And uh, Cartman says, yeah, right. So there's the foreshadowing. Uh, for Cartman here in this episode. Well, now we go to the genetic engineering ranch with the subplot of the turkeys. Uh, so we have Mephesto and Chef going back and forth. Uh, Chef uh, Mephesto bl- grabbed Chef knowing that Chef would be one of the only people in town because Chef believes in aliens and science fiction would actually come and check this out. He would actually, even if he didn't believe it, he'd be like, all right, I'll go check this out and see what the hell's going on here. God damn it. Um, so <laughs> he goes up there <laughs> at first. Mephesto's like, here, look at my microself. Tell me what you see. And Jeff's <laughs> like, uh, I see an extreme close-up of Vanessa Redgrave's private parts. And Mephesto's like, oops, whoops. So he squ- he quickly switches slides, shows him, he says, you know, uh, Chef says, I'm no biologist, but I'd say it looks like turkey DNA. And Mephesto, uh, <laughs> which I'm what? <laughs> How did he know? <laughs> like it was turkey DNA. Well, turkey DNA, if you looked closely, it was brown and it looked like, you know, gobble gobble DNA. You got the you got the boo boo GBs. 
Gobble, gobble, bro. Oh, oh. Maybe it was making microscopic sounds. I don't know. So Mephesto says precisely, but look how rapidly it's dividing. She says, what does that mean? It means the turkeys are growing at an exp exponential rate. If we don't destroy them all, it'll take over the town. Maybe the world. She <laughs> says, oh, fudge. Ponders for a minute and then goes, uh, let me see that Vanessa Redgrave thing again. <laughs> <laughs> and just like any typical guy, Mephesto's like, oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> Three celebrities they, they jabbed in that episode. Three. Yep, Vanessa. See, I, I don't know who Vanessa Redgrave is. Give me some background on Vanessa. I'd, 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 I'd have to Google her up and find out for you. Okay. Um, while you're doing that, uh, he switches the slides again, um, which I thought was interesting here that uh, they're trying to, uh, I guess, genetically engineer turkeys to sh have more food for people. But unfortunately, in the scenes to come where we see uh, the turkeys attacking the town, it wasn't until the end all the turkeys get eventually do get given off to the right people. But how come Kenny's family never gets any of these turkeys? I was a little upset at that. He didn't get one goddamn turkey. Hmm. So Vanessa Redgrave, her name is Vanessa Redgrave, not Vanessa Redgraves. Uh, so, yeah, uh, I guess best known for movies like Murder on the Orient Express, Julia, Blow Up. Um, I'm not that familiar with her work. Uh, yeah. Nope, me either. Yeah. Um, so then we're back at Cartman's house. <sighs> There's a storm going on outside. Marvin is sitting alone on the, t on the couch watching TV. All of a sudden, you know, you, uh, maybe it wasn't a storm. It was just helicopters that were causing gusts of wind and stuff like that outside, right? As uh, FBI agents or CIA agents, you know, men in black, if you will, show up. Uh, you know, they open the door. Agent, the agent says, hello there, little boy. We're looking for a starving African child who was accidentally sent here instead of a take a sports watch. Looking at an African child who's barely wearing any clothes. <laughs> Marvin points toward Cartman's room, and then the agents go get him. And you can hear Cartman screaming in English, hey, what's going on? <laughs> Let me go. Let go of me. I'll kick you in the nuts. You hear me? And so... Oh. Agent then goes, here's your sports one sports watch, son. Sorry for the mix up. And uh, as Cartman says, Hey, seriously, you're pissing me off. Stop it, stop it, Marvin. So and then uh, the truck door closes, a door closes the house. You hear Marvin just go in his little voice, sweet. Uh so now he puts the watch on. Uh so now we're outside with the mayor and all the townspeople. The mayor says, How does this thing work? And one uh, of the aides says, Well, mayor, it's based on the cash grab. So if you can if you guys understand what a cash grab is, it's like a bio little dome uh with a vacuum on the bottom pushing up air. And normally you have money flying around or tickets or you know, light prizes that you try and collect the most of. Well, in this case, they filled it up with canned food. The Grabolux, it's called. The Grabolux, correct. And the Pav inside catches as many as he can to feed his family. And Mayor McDaniel says, Pav? Poverty-stricken citizen. <laughs> See, at this point, when uh, when Kenny gets put into this thing, this is where I think he's going to die, right? That is correct. But, no. uh, he, he, but he's not in it at this one, actually, because this is the this is just initially when the turkey's attacking to the people in the crowd. Oh, yes. yeah, yeah, but eventually, you're right. I thought he was going to die there, too. Yeah. Uh, so we have the eight says, I don't know, Mayor. I think it's listed on the program <laughs> as the turkeys are attacking the crowd. I don't think it's listed on the program, he says. Mephesto yells, they're increasing in number, Mayor. These are vicious turkeys I warned you about. And the chef finally shows up. It's true, Mayor. These turkeys just ripped apart my cafeteria. Uh, all of a sudden, we see a platoon of turkeys march by. Um, you know, we see Chef yelling, whoa, you, you, you won't get away with this, you bastards. <laughs> Kyle says, wow, those are some pissed off turkeys. 
Uh, and then the mayor is all exclaiming, you know, people don't panic, bring out the defense squad. We see Jimbo and Ned enter armed with rifles. They start firing away at turkeys. So at this point, I get that Kyle's, uh, sorry, Kenny's dad is a drunk alcoholic, but yeah. nobody's here to grab one of these turkeys. Come on, man. Uh, Festo says we need more than that. They'll only come back and increase numbers. Uh, we're back now at Cartman's house. Marvin is, uh, you know, now starting to take up Cartman's habits. He's on the couch eating, watching Terrence and Philip. <laughs> <laughs> Terrence says, Hey, Philip, could you pass the beans? And Philip says, Beans, uh oh, looks like we'll be at war with these Indians soon. And then Terrence attempts to squeeze one off. He's like, uh, and then Philip offers to help. And then Terrence is like, wait, wait. And then he tries some more. And, he goes, uh, and then he's like, here it comes. And then a long, like squeaky fart bursts through. And then uh, Terrence says, ah, crap, my pants. And then they both laugh. And and then uh, Philip says, I think you got a spot, some spatter of Chief One, a running wolf. Um, and then Terrence says, I splattered his face. And Philip says, now he's a smelly Indian. Uh, that was definitely a horrible shot uh, at horrible, Indian horrible, people there. Horrible. Uh, um, the TV announcer says, we'll be back to part 14, the Terrence and Philip Thanksgiving special, right after this. Um, now we see <laughs> an updated Sally Struthers commercial. Hunger is an enemy that we all must fight. These children desperately need your support. Hey, somebody get me out of here. This sucks. So please call and adopt a child today. Um, Man comes in, says, "Do you want some cheesy poofs, hun?" And Marvin says, "Yeah, I want a cheesy poof." How come? You know, I, I, what one thing that bothers me in this episode is Leanne <laughs> doesn't even like go searching for her son or think about her son's missing. She no fucks given here. No, it's Carbon's mom. Uh, I, I think at this point her character's still pretty shallow, so they uh, I don't think they quite thought of that. Well, also the fact that, you know, we also saw her on the cover of Crack Horror Magazine in the last episode. That's right, yeah. So she's obviously a crack whore. Maybe she just thinks uh, Starvin' Marvin is Kenny. Or Car- Carmen, I'm sorry. Maybe she's like, oh, I'll feed you. You're 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 skinny now. Like, you know, so right. maybe that's why she continues to feed Cartman because she thinks Cartman is skinny because she's on crack. Man, maybe I'm on crack because uh, I keep it's like a UF, UFO sighting on your wall with your phone reflecting the, the light under the wall. It's like it's like, yeah. So, ladies and gentlemen, for those who are obviously we're recording this on video, I've got my blinds partially open as I'm recording here. And there's a I sun got- reflection and I have a white background or white wall and uh, it's uh, reflecting off my phone and it's making that little reflection and I'm uh- moving it. To mess with Joe because it's fun. Aliens in the studio here. I have aliens, bro. That's what we're here for. I've, I've been abducted. It's South Park. What do you expect? Um, you know, and I'll get anal probed. So uh, we're back in the desert now, and Carmen's yelling. This is serious bullshit. There has to be a happy burger around here somewhere. Excuse me. I am a lost little boy. Could you help me? Well, screw you too! What the? Who the hell let all these flies in here? Hasn't anybody ever heard of insect repellent? So now we go back to town. Mayor McDaniels, all right, everyone, it's time to give out this canned food to the poor. So this is what you're referring to. Yeah. Uh, it's a second attempt now to try and give uh, in the Gravo Lux, as you mentioned. Uh, so Stan says, hey, we're Cartman. Kyle says, I don't know. Do you know where he is, Marvin? And Marvin shrugs. So <laughs> Mary, Mary McDaniel says, looks like we have the turkey problem under control. It's time to embrace the spirit of giving with the canned food grab. So Kenny enters the grab-o-lux, grabs, grab-a-lots, uh, says Mrs. McCormick. She's all like, 
grab a lot, son. And uh, Mayor McDaniel says, uh, happy Thanksgiving, let her rip. And so now we've got cans flying everywhere. And of course, when you've got, you know, even if they're only one to two pound cans and they're flying all yeah. over the place inside of a vacuum, I thought as well, Kenny was going to get killed here. And I thought this would have been a would have been a cool death had he been pelted. Yeah, just like I, continuing I, like pelted, like we had like hands yeah. his head and yeah. I thought yep. that would have been cool. Yep. But no, alas, that was not Kenny's death for this time. Yeah. Uh, Mary McDaniel says, uh, grab those little cans, boy. They, they're like, come on, Kenny, says Stan. And Kyle, there's, they're cheering him on. Uh, you see Kenny's dad, come on, son. Uh, so it stops, and they turn off the gravel lux, and Kenny is only able to grab one single can of green beans. Uh, the crowd is all cheering for this shit. They're like, yeah, you got green beans. All of a sudden, uh, you know, uh, but the second, the, all of a sudden, the turkeys, like you can hear the sound of turkeys feeling the air, and Chef's like, you know, what the, and then Stan yells, the, the mutant turkeys are back. <laughs> and uh, Officer Barb Brady says, okay, okay, people, move along here. Nothing to see here, you looky lose. And uh, <laughs> Mephesto says, I tried to tell you, but you didn't listen. No. Chef uh, he comes up and he addresses the crowd. And he says, gather around, everybody, and listen good. Go to your homes and arm yourselves. And uh, as, he's, though, as he's doing that, he brings up, like, one of the best points. He go, he's, like, literally in the middle of talking, and then he looks down, and he goes, what the hell are you supposed to be anyway? And he's talking about uh, Mephesto's, like, I guess, maybe mutant clone companion that he's got. It's yeah. Really- we never really thing. do find out yeah. it's in this whole series what the hell it is. This, this little dude is just like flying below the radar. I'm thinking like he's up to something. Like he's too quiet. And Mephesto says that's not important right now. And Jeff's like, no, what the hell is this little thing supposed to be? It doesn't look like anything. <laughs> and uh, Mary McDaniels is like, chef, the turkey is like, oh, all right. Listen up, everybody. Listen good. Go to your homes. Arm yourselves with whatever you can. We'll meet back here in 15 minutes, turkey. Hurry. So the turkeys continue their attack. And then uh, Chef says, we're not going to let our, our Thanksgiving be ruined by a bunch of turkeys. Uh, we go back to the Ethiopian desert. Cartman walks slowly. I'm hungry. I have to eat. Oh, sweet. The Red Cross. I'll have fried chicken and a side of mashed potatoes, please. Sorry, kid, but we're out of food. We ran out of funding. What? We just couldn't get enough sponsors back home, so now we've got to pack it up. But I'm not a starving Ethiopian. I have to get back home, too. Sorry, dude. We just don't have any funds. Here, have a Takeo Sports Watch. He's the same. It's the same voice they use for uh, Beefcake. Yeah. Are you tired of being a little loser? Say it with me, Beefcake. <laughs> yep. I can't eat the Takeo Sports Watch. Right. Tosses Carmen the watch, hops in the van, drives away, and Carmen's like, weak. Um, so now we're back in the woods now as they're getting ready to come to, uh, like a semblance for battle with the turkeys and, uh, Mayor McDaniel says, people, we have to do our part against the evil turkeys. Townsperson, one of them says, there's too many of them. The mayor responds by saying, come on, where is that Thanksgiving spirit? (laughs) The townsperson says, we can't stop them. And then, uh, this was actually, I wouldn't say it was a knock on um the movie but I, it's interesting now in 2020 i wonder how many people actually know what the fuck the movie braveheart is with mel gibson mm, good point i mean it definitely stands up for me but uh yeah we see like both sides kind of 
doing the the half blue paint job type thing. Yeah. And for those who are not aware, Braveheart, uh, which came out in the '90s, was based on a true story, right? Of the was it the Scottish Civil Wars or the Scottish Wars yep. freeing themselves Blame from repression? Yeah, so like it was definitely the a movie it was probably one of Bill Gibson's best movies and I would say that's what propelled him into celebrity status because of this movie. It's, this movie was nominated for Academy Awards and et cetera, et cetera. So uh and it's a very iconic scene of him on the horse in front of battle, you know, uh they can take away our land but they'll never take away our freedom. That's a very fucking powerful statement, you know what I mean? Yeah. They can take away our land. Well. But they can never take our freedom, <laughs> right? So, like, it, it's very powerful. Uh, but so they parody that here. Yeah. Now we didn't actually see Mel Gibson in this, but in future episodes, we sure do. We certainly do. Dressed up like that. Go ahead, do your worst. Um, so the the turkeys parody the the Braveheart scene too with the. <laughs> And all the turkeys are like, right? They're all excited. We can understand what they're saying. (laughs) (laughs) Don't speak turkey. I speak turkey. Uh, So the other turkeys now uh, gobble, you know. uh, And then Kyle says, uh, Here you go, turkeys. And Kyle moons the turkey forces. And then the the town force descends. (laughs) And the mayor and the aides stay behind. And uh, you hear Mayor McDaniel say, does my hair look okay? And <laughs> only really caring about her appearance here, knowing that she's probably going to end up being on TV after this battle, right? Uh, oh, dude, look at my bat. My little UFO is getting bigger. Yep. Is, is there two of them now? Anyway. It's like these uh, are flying together. It's, it's, they're, they're, yeah. they're, 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 they're synergy here. Yeah. Uh, so Cartman says, go on. Uh, you know, need our kid. Yeah. He's back in the desert. Need appetizer. So he looks up to the sky for relief and then uh, says, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, God. I'm sorry, my poor people. I'm sorry I wasn't more sensitive. Please, please, God. <sighs> he falls forward into the ground and then uh, we come back from a commercial break um, where they put this in the show, if you will, because it's a fade to black. So it comes back up from black. He says, eh, my God, my God is forsaken me. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and then he sees something. Uh, just a very lone building. Uh, it's very blank, nothing other than the door saying no admittance. Yeah. Uh, so he says, I wonder what's in here. He opens the door and he finds towers and towers of pallets of snacky cakes, cheesy poofs, boogie bears, and uh, veal roll ups. Yeah. <laughs> and veal roll ups. Yeah. Um, where you hear uh, a song playing in the background. And then he's like, Hey, snacky cakes. Uh, so he runs, uh, rubs up against him lovingly, sees a large TV screen, a potted plant, walks towards him, and who does he see laying there being fanned by two Ethiopians eating large chocolate cake? But Sally Struthers herself, Carmen says, Sally Struthers? And Sally Struthers is like, who the hell are you? And he's like, Sally Struthers? Who the hell are you? Give me that cake. No, this is my cake. Yes, Sally Struthers, give me that cake. No. You can't have any. Apparently, they didn't understand it before, but they understood that. <laughs> the fucking Ethiopian people come in, right? Uh, so she's she's trying to eat as much cake as she can. The battle's still raging now and now in the South Park Forest. 
Chef says, stay close, children, as he po- uh, blocks one turkey uh, or the other. Stan, Kyle, and Kenny, you know, are screaming as the turkeys rush. And then Kenny, unfortunately, one turkey manages to extract Kenny's eyeball as the turkeys attack him. I thought this, though, was a cool death yeah. because uh, they they don't just kind of kill him outright. They pull his eyeball out and he bleeds out through his eye socket Um, and then you see a rat in the background later on like kind of pop up in his head yeah Uh, they were talking about uh different stuff like i learned something blah blah blah. uh but so i thought that was really cool touch with the rat popping up through his eye oh my god they killed kenny you bastards um jimbo says that's the last uh that's the last three are getting away shoot him ned so ned picks off the remaining three birds and in typical South Park fashion they have a very uh, low key battle except for the movies yeah. and you don't see anything and everyone just goes yay we did it Mephesto's <laughs> um, <laughs> like my god what have we done here and Chef's like we saved Thanksgiving and Mephesto's like but all those poor turkeys they're all dead <laughs> Chef's like every turkey dies not every turkey truly lives. That's a great line. Great line. Right? right? Not every turkey dies. Not every turkey truly lives. Yeah. And Mephesto says, as horrible as they were, it felt like a part of me. Perhaps I shouldn't be touring with God's creations. Perhaps I shouldn't be. And, like, except doesn't even want to fucking hear this shit anymore. He's like, yeah, 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 yeah. All right, whatever. So all of a sudden, two Secret Service agents approach uh, Chef and Barb Brady ignoring the carnage and says, excuse me, sir, we're looking for a little starving Ethiopian boy who accidentally delivered to South Park instead of a take sports watch. And uh, they show a picture of him and says, have you seen anyone fitting this description? And Officer Barb Brady is like, oh, that could be any hundred kids in this town, mister, which is inaccurate because Token was the only black kid in this town. Um, right in his name he was the token the token black person token black kid exactly yeah. uh and then all of a sudden starting marvin just appears and the agent's like are you ready to go home now and starting marvin you know obviously taking a look at around the town he's in and even contemplating the fact that you know yes he's getting probably getting all this food and free luxury uh, mm-hmm. but uh, you know unfortunately makes that decision well I'm I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna take off and I'm gonna go back to my country because while yes it's poor at least in my country it's not as bad as this fucking place this place is crazy <laughs> so <laughs> that that was my thing and if I'm him so he leaves uh you know Stan says like wow it sucks he has to leave and Kyle says yeah I like him a lot more than Cartman Stan says you know I think I've learned something today you know I think I've learned something today it's really easy not to think of images on TV as real people but they are. That's why it's easy to ignore those commercials, but people on TV are just as real as you or I. Yeah. And that means that MacGyver is a real person, too. So that was a nice little message there, basically saying that, yes, while these commercials are meant to be predatory on your emotions, Mm -hmm. that doesn't excuse the fact that these issues are still ongoing and that you, you know, maybe should take a better proactive approach if, if you're going to try and solve these issues. I mean... Meaning, like, they're not saying you have to go out and start donating money to these people. But right. if you are, choose the best ones. Do your research, you know, actually that are going to make a difference. Yeah. Even making a MacGyver reference. And, uh, you know, they could, they could have done a little bit more there. Or they could have gone over the top because I remember seeing it some briefly some episodes as a very young kid. And just the solutions that he would come up with would be so absurd. You know, that he would get together like a matchstick and like a penny and a piece of cardboard and he'd be able to like take down the enemy or something. It'd just be, it'd be stupid, right? 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. But hey, just like every other sitcom, this episode wrapped up nicely, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Red Cross Trick says, uh, we're terribly sorry about the mix-up, little boy. We'll get you home back immediately. And Carmen's like, that's right, you will, goddammit. We'll get you back home immediately. That's right, you will, goddammit. Move it, Paz. I'm an American. Which is uh, definitely a self-entitlement there shot in America. Once you uh, have the situation resolved, you put those that are beneath you back in their place, right? Because yep. Americans, I mean, I, you can probably speak more of this because I haven't really got to see a lot of outside of North America, um, you know, as far as outside the country from a cultural standpoint. I'm not saying I haven't, like, traveled there and played shows there or, like, you know, stayed the night or two. But I haven't yeah. spent long periods of time there where I've got to understand how a different culture thinks of Americans. Mm-hmm. I mean, from a, from your standpoint, how do you look as Americans? Not me in general, but <laughs> as far as the, the, the stupid, the one-fourth population, if you will, how do you look as America society in general? You know what? The, this is something that I think a lot of people – kind of overthink a little too much our 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 culture and our society is really not all that different i mean our politics are set up a little bit differently uh here but i mean cultural wise i mean we're essentially exactly the same i mean we might might sound a little bit different our politics are a little bit different but other than that fuck dude there's really not much difference not much difference at all so would you say that's more of a case of Political propaganda for gerrymandering, borders, population control, you yeah. know, tax incentives, yeah. and of course, as far as co- uh, uh, country geographical uh, yeah. control and monetization. Yeah, I mean, and just like over, and just like over here, they portray uh, Americans as everybody's like it's like Jerry Springer, right? Uh, they only show like the uh, the people from way down south, and, and that's <laughs> kind of the impression that. Uh, I think some Canadians have that all Americans are, uh, you know, dumb Southern hicks, and that's uh, definitely not the case. So, and uh, up here, we're not all in igloos and riding our snowmobiles to back and forth to work. Right, and of course, I'm not excusing American prejudice and racism because one fourth of the population in this country is a fucking idiot. I mean, you've got people who are like, "God damn it, Muslims, you're coming to take my job," and it's like, "No, you're." <laughs> You're a fucking moron. They literally just got out of a war-ravaged war zone yeah. where their house, family members, everyone they probably knew in their village died and got mm-hmm. some sort of small salvation. And now they're working a minimum wage job trying to survive and take care of their family and going to church on Sundays. But you believe that you're just going to generalize and say that all of them are terrorists, which is just funny to me because if yeah. you just go back to 10th grade world history class, you learn about the crusades and understand that every religion is all based upon, I mean, every war is all based upon this initial religious uh, struggle between Islams and Christianity, Catholicisms, uh, Muslims, Judaisms. It's all stems back to this. Just hey. based upon how to pray to the imaginary being at the end of the universe. Hey, religion is responsible for more people dying on this planet than anything else. It's ridiculous, man. It's yep. it's ridiculous. Um, really but and unfortunately, it creates two Americans back to the South Park. But unfortunately, there are a good amount of people in this country that do not realize how good we have it. Like as far as a first world Western hemisphere country, like I remind myself all the time too. like if I if I ever feel like I'm getting depressed or I feel like I'm, I don't know, comparing myself to others. Like if I'm like, man, I wish I was this or if I wish I was that I I stop and think. But, you know, fucking what, bro? Like, 
you got it pretty fucking good too. Like in comparison to the other six billion people in the world. Absolutely. Yeah, it puts things into perspective when you really look at it, and then you just take a look at it. I just I get, I get those moments where you see all the shit in the news, and then just kind of look at my surroundings, and I'm like, you know what? Could be a lot worse. I'm glad I'm me. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? I I can go to the store. I got a job. I can buy food. I can hang out with friends and family. I'm not like worrying about wars realistically around any here because nobody's going to be stupid enough at this point to attack America. Yeah. Uh, because if they do, a fucking rain of fire is going to come down from our $650 million military budget, bro. Nobody is going to invade America. And if yeah. they do, unfortunately... World War Three will be started, and I don't think anybody wants nope. that. And, uh, and I mean, here, I mean, worst case scenario, some kid puts a hockey puck through the window, and uh, you know, even that's pretty not really a, it's a remote possibility because kids don't play outside anymore. So, oh, that's sad, man. They don't even play hockey outside anymore on anymore. the streets. Kids right? are playing hockey on their Xboxes. That's oh, pretty. that's lame. Uh, so all of a sudden we're back in uh, the cargo or back in Africa, if you will, cargo doors, lowers in the back of the plane, a bunch of dead turkeys fall out as a uh, starving Marvin arrives. They march away, passing by and spit on which Sally Struthers has been tied with apples in her mouth at this point, like on a, uh, I don't know what you want to call. I've never been able to properly use the terminology for what it is, but it's like a rotisserie. I guess it would be it's called a spit. Is it? Yeah, they put the the pig. Uh, they, when they roast a pig, they put on what's called a spit. Essentially, okay. just they put a rod right through the, from their mouth out to their ass and uh, rotate that puppy around and roast it. That's what it was. So that's what Sally Struthers was on. So she's being cooked. So the Ethiopians were cooking her before <laughs> Starving Marvin showed up with the turkeys. Yep. Um, Stewart says, uh, "Lord, on this day." Of Earth, this is a uh, back at Kenny's house now. So Stuart is Kenny's dad. Says, "Lord, on this day in Earth, we would like to extend our deepest gratitude for this incredible bounty of green beans that you have bestowed upon us. And though for some reason you find it necessary to take our son from us, and though for some reason you find pleasure in watching us suffer, still we give thanks. Amen." And Mrs. McCormick's like, "Amen." So she takes a brief look around and says, "Does anybody have a can opener?" And that's uh, of the green beans Kenny got. And Stuart goes. God damn it. So that's how the episode ends. So another funny thing there, they were kind of taking a shot, even at religion there. Like, oh, look, I, you, pr- you pray to this God that you say is your all-knowing being, but he doesn't do anything for you. And you even uh, hypocritically put it in your own prayer, even though you hate me and even though you do this and even though you're not helping me here, and even though I don't have a good job and even though this. But that's also, I think, a reflection upon humans as well people placing blame on others for not wanting to take responsibilities of their actions. So a lot of underlying tones there at the end there, even just with those minuscule comments, uh, as far as like reception, uh, is concerned for, for the, the episode, if you will, yeah. uh, you know, these, like we said, you know, it received, uh, 2.2 million households. Um, it did end up getting a 0.6 rating in during prime time. And prior to South Park, it was this channel. The highest channel was a 2.74, which is for the second season premiere of a show called Absolutely Fabulous. Um, they, of course, several readers have, rec- have described this episode as one of the classic episodes. Parker said the emotional moment when Starvin' Marvin returned home with all the turkeys actually made his mother cry, making the first time he and Stone heard of an emotional reaction to their show. 
which is interesting. Yeah. Uh, after the episode aired, Parker and Stone received feedback that the audience felt Starvin' Marvin was especially unkind to Struthers. Although they did not speak to her themselves, the duo received word that Struthers was a fan of the show until Starvin' Marvin aired. Of course she was. Afterwards, she was very upset and reported, uh, reacted emotionally over her portrayal. Struthers was particularly saddened by the fact that her character steals food from the same starving children she had been working to help. Parker and Stone were slightly remorseful when they learned of her reaction and have said that they did not have anything against Struthers personally. Nevertheless, Struthers was portrayed in an even less flattering way in the third season of Starvin' Marvin Space as <laughs> Jabba the Hutt, <laughs> uh, which we'll get to. But yeah. on that DVD commentary track, Parker said of Struthers, dude, you're really setting yourself up if you're going to be fat and go on the air talking about starving children. We don't <laughs> think she's a bad person. She's probably nice to try and do this but cut down on the Twinkies a little bit before you go in on the air asking people for food. <laughs> That's a very valid point, man. That's like you can even um, equate it to sexualization of bodies by humans, right? Where you guys and girls, I don't want to be treated in a sexual manner, but then they turn around and say, pay me for my, my nudes or pay me for my exclusive content, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> or if you're Tessa Blanchard, <clears throat> Well, it's oh, is it Tessa Blanchard? Is it? I think it's Jordan Grace. Um, well, Tessa's the one that recorded herself um, on the toilet. Finger smashing? You did. You haven't heard the story. Finger blasting? No, she recorded herself taking a shit for uh, one of her patreons. For her what? A fan paid her for her to record herself talking dirty while she was taking a shit. I can't believe you haven't heard this story. Are you serious? I'm not even making it up, bro. How long ago was this? This was just a, I would say probably a few weeks ago now. Okay, that's probably why I haven't heard because <laughs> for the last couple of weeks I've been off of Impact Wrestling and AEW. My work schedule changed. I think I just blew your mind. That no, uh, this is. Uh, th- did, did she take a video of her talking and she's taking her shit, or is it just like audio. camera? Just audio. Okay, so it's just audio. That's still fucking weird. Okay. You can it hear would have... flashes and everything, yeah. Oh, that's fucking weird, bro. What the <laughs> fuck? Yep. Impact I... Impact doesn't apparently pay enough. Oh my god. Yeah, you that have to resort disgusting. to record yourself on the toilet. Oh my god. Yeah. What a way to end this episode of uh, Suck My Balls, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, but yeah, that's what overall, what did you think of this episode? You know, you're not as regularly watching it as, as maybe as me and my, you know, my co-host Ian are, as you know, we're doing it on a week-to-week basis. But what did you think of this as a whole as the episode? A great episode for an, an early one. Like, like I said, for me, uh, the, the, a lot of the earlier seasons, I, I, I was kind of hit and miss on watching them. I would say probably from like season... 12 and on i've been watching very regular so those are the ones that i'll be kind of really knowledgeable about but uh this early episode and especially uh these last two this one and pink eye uh, i mean they're bona fide classics man when it comes to south park they're really good you know some good social commentary there as well some good uh, topics uh kind of a lesson learned in the end it actually kind of works out good uh, for marvin over there and uh so yeah, it's a, it's a nice mix of the, of all the comedy leading up to it. Like you said, the episode kind of wrapping up really nicely. That's why I felt about it too. One thing I would say about Pink Eye and then now this episode is they're really starting to hit their stride in regards to the animation. If you just look at mm-hmm. how it's 
um, a little bit clearer as far as their the content they're delivering. Yeah. And granted, I am I am watching a lot of these on uh, Hulu, so they could have of course been digitally remastered. But I, I have noticed the difference just from watching the first couple of episodes of the first season to where they're at in the beginning of the season. Uh, I think they're also starting to hit more on a um, a format better as far as how they're laying out their storylines. And yep. from a comedic standpoint, I think that they're starting to get they're starting to make jokes that are relevant yep. to society versus uh, fart jokes, right? And I'm not saying they don't go away from that. They clearly do that with Terrence and Philip in this in this exact episode, right? Or yep. there's a, you know sometimes throughout the episodes you'll see uh, a breakup of serious tension by Stan or Kyle just farting and laughing at each other, right? So there's always going to be that toilet humor there. But this was definitely, I think, a lot with Pink Eye, and now this one, or even more so, Death was probably the first ones to take a step forward with like uh, integrating more of the social issues and commentating on that. Um, but Starvin Marvin was definitely a commentation uh, on just uh, how we treat people who are not eat or who are starving, where we'd rather get a take sports watch than actually adopt somebody and take care of them, uh, that we waste tons of food, um, that uh, we basically just uh, at the end of the day think of ourselves Americans as better than people in other countries. Yeah. Like you said, just the, the quality of the show, like when you look back to, you know, that, that very first episode of the anal probe and then that little with uh, the demo kind of before, I mean, at the very beginning, this was Matt and Trey, like literally like with pieces of paper and cardboard kind of doing the stop uh, animation, the old fashioned way uh, on that first episode. Apparently that first one took them a long time to do. It took them in the months to get that first one out. And up to the point to now where we're, we're cranking on an episode in six days. So it's uh, over that span of time, uh, it's been pretty incredible to to see these guys get to where they're at now. It's it's pretty awesome and still going after twenty three seasons, bro. That's 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 impressive. Yeah, it's definitely impressive. But we're gonna continue to move along right here on suck my balls each and every week. Was as this was uh, season one, episode eight of South Park. You know, uh, overall, I, you know, when I look back on this episode before I think we started it, I didn't probably think like. Oh, it's one of my favorites. And as I've watched it again, I still agree. It's not like one of my top 20 South Parks for me personally from a comedic standpoint. Like I watched it and it made me laugh, but it's not one of those episodes where like I can one liner and make myself laugh ridiculously hard. The common joke we've had at work for the last week is my coworker has been saying, I have a rare bone disease that doesn't allow me to say the T and plot out. So like <laughs> that's. Uh-huh to episode 11 so i like i can't wait to get to start like a war we're gonna get into more of like the episodes that to me were really funny and just make me laugh out loud falling out of my chair but overall this was a good episode and next episode if you are want to follow along with us and watch the next episode beforehand it is mr hanky the christmas poo the titular mm. Christmas poo, Mr. Hanky, whose appearance was designed by Parker and Stone to resemble the wholesome Mickey Mouse character from Steamboat Willie from 1928 while providing, you know, humor. So watch that episode next week. We get it. Christmas was two months ago, but, uh, you know, you know, it's South Park. So if you want to send in your emails, uh, you know, give us your thoughts. Tweet us at suckmyballspod. Uh, at uh, gmail.com. Of course, you can always hit us up on Twitter at SuckMyBallsPod and on Instagram at SuckMyBallsPod. We're also on uh, Facebook at South Park Pod. Mr. Joe, Dirty Joe, where can all these uh, weirdos, beardos, and people who like Honey Nut Cheerios find you? 
<laughs> well, for me, it's mainly on Facebook. I don't do much. I mean, I have a Twitter account. I have an Instagram account, but honestly, I don't really use them. Uh, on Facebook, you can find me. Just search uh, Joe Morin. Uh, you'll see the little South Park character. I've changed it to that recently. And for what I do for podcasts, you can find us at TB Talk Pod for Turnbuckle Talk. And for HTM Tech, you can find us at, at the HTM Talk Pod. All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we will be back, of course, next week. My partner, my tag team partner, my Kyle to my stand, hopefully will be joining us. But if he's not, we will always continue on and find someone who wants to check my bows. And uh, check my bows. Check my bows. Hans Drelser frem i regn og blæst med et, der sejnede hans hest. Ching chang lu, ching chang lu, ching chang ching lu til Den jomfru sad i høje tårn. Ching chang ching lu til dig. Og ventede ham som til form. Ching chang ching lu til dig Men natten gik så trist og lang I ensomhed til sol og gang Ching chang lu, ching chang lu Ching chang ching lu til dig Den næste dag ved hed morgen rød Ching chang ching lu til dig din fan, den stakkels junker død Ching chang ching lu til dig Han dækket var af sne og is Men tør nu op i paradis Ching chang lu, ching chang lu Ching chang ching lu til Det var jo noget værd og noget Ching chang ching lu til dig For da han tøde blev han våd Ching chang ching lu til dig Men sådan kan det altså gå Når man går uden hue på Ching chang lu, ching chang lu Ching chang ching lu til dig Ching chang ching lu til dig Hun kastede sig fra tårnet ned Ching chang ching lu til dig 